invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got great music for you today with Kate McLeod, but first I want to give you a last heads up about the upcoming fun, profundity, and fundraising event for Northern Spirit Radio on Saturday, October 15th. While sharing gourmet homemade pizza, we'll have speakers Mike McCabe and Matt Rothschild and eight different musicians, both local and from all over the country. That's folks like Ann Hills and Cy Khan and Peter Alsop and so many others. You're going to have a great time. Get the full info on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website and join us to fill up on the good stuff October 15th. Or if you can't be there in person, you can always help out from wherever you are. In any case, look forward to hearing portions on future broadcasts. But today we have a treat or should I say a retreat, as we welcome back Kate McLeod to Song of the Soul. I fell in love with her music back when she shared her first Song of the Soul with us years ago, and I've been looking for an opportunity to again luxuriate in her powerful fiddle, moving lyrics, and lovely voice. So Kate McLeod joins us today via Skype from the Salt Lake City region of Utah. Kate, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you back for Song of the Soul. Well, I'm equally thrilled. It's been a long time, eight years. So much has happened. You've at least had three releases since then. You've been hanging around bookstores, I understand. And that's true. (laughs) What are the other big events of your life that we've missed out since 2008? Just all that. (laughs) There's a lot that goes on from day to day. So my family's well and everybody's well. My mom's uh, 90 now. She turned 90 and uh, my kids are all grown and off on their own. And so things are happening. One of the other things that I noticed on your website and your news is that there was a one-hour documentary, Red Rock Rondo, Zion Canyon Song Cycle. And it got Emmy Awards in two categories. Tell me about that. That was a project by classical composer and songwriter Philip Bimstein. He was actually mayor of Springdale, Utah, two terms. And he grew to love the community and decided to write an entire song cycle about the community, the history of the community and the current personalities. And there was a documentary created about this. And we we recorded some of the music down there in Springdale and filmed the documentary there in Zion National park and surrounding areas including a ghost town in Grafton um, some of the stories took place around there so that was a really fun event 
So that's Red Rock Rondo Ensemble, which is who? Well, I'm the lead female vocalist, and then we have Hal Cannon is in there, and Philip Bimstein, and Charlotte Bell, Flavia Savinia Wood, and Harold Carr. It's a six-piece, all residents of Utah. And so it got Emmy Awards in two categories. Is that like you getting an Emmy because the documentary got an Emmy? Or how does that flow? Do you each get a little piece of it or what? That's complicated because it depends on how things are nominated. I think that the documentary itself gets the Emmy. And then when it's nominated, they put names on the list of people to actually get the statue. So everybody in the band can be put on the list to receive a statue for this Emmy. So actually the project itself gets an Emmy and then the individuals involved in it can be given a statue for being involved. (laughs) The other thing that I saw and I meant to follow up with you when I saw it is that you were doing your own kind of interviews at one point. What was that? I was. I was doing some interviews on Concert Window, and I was really enjoying it. But I had technical issues with online programming, specifically because I wanted it to be mobile. I wanted to be able to do the program from anywhere that I was. And then I realized that that was a much more difficult process with that format. It was called Fireside Chats with Kate McLeod, and I really love that because I love to share other people's music with people, and then in the program, I would perform with them. For instance, I did one with Cozy Sheridan in her house. (laughs) I I stopped by her house one evening and did a a concert window Fireside Chats with her, and that was my plan as, as I was traveling to interview people as I traveled around. Well, you know what? Folks are going to be just itching to hear more of your music, especially if they listened back in 2008 when you were my guest for Song of the Soul the first time. How are we going to start out your Song of the Soul this time? Well, I because of my projects coming up, I've got a lot of music that I'm recording now that will be out in the next year. Some of it is based on my violin instrumental landscapes, but there's an entire collection of music that I've written about my region here. And so I'd like to share with the audience some music that I've written about the West. And I believe we could start with some of the earlier stuff. The, the West, everybody's fascinated by the landscapes and the areas out here. And some of them think of the West as being the, the old cowboy world. And most of the music that comes out of here is Western. But the people that live here who are not attached to the ranching world, we've been here a long time too. And there's an entire format of music that a body of music that people have written out here about the West. And it's a big part of the United States. I mean, when I go to Europe, the people in Europe are fascinated by the Western part of this country because it's so remarkably different than some of the areas that were settled earlier. And so I've been writing a collection of music about the West for a long time. So I have in this program picked out a few pieces. One of them is My Teton Home, which was on the Blooming recording that was released in 2009. This was recorded in Nashville with Tim O'Brien as producer and has a handful of amazing musicians such as Daryl Scott, Byron House, and Kenny Malone on it. And we recorded this, the Blooming recording, live in the studio. So how about we listen to My Teton Home by Kate McLeod. 
to go the clouds begin to move the fog to disappear there the Titans stand above us all the cutting edge unmistakably severe they are my northern star I know where they are when I am lost I will find my way from anywhere to my tea home 
That was My Teton Home by Kate McLeod. Her website is katemcleod.com. McLeod, by the way, is M-A-C-L-E-O-D, a good Scottish spelling. If you have trouble with that spelling, come via nordenspiritradio.org. My Teton Home, Kate, is such a beautiful song. I mean, it, it includes not only wonderful instrumentation, but it's got your voice. And there is something magical about the way that you sing. Now, when I interviewed you back in 2008, we got some of that history. You starting off, I think, with the violin and at age seven. When did you really come into your own as a singer? Oh, I think I'm still doing that, Mark. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> well, I was writing songs and singing them around my town long before I ever considered recording them. And they were recorded by other artists and groups before I ever considered recording them. I think that that was the lead, the fact that other people were were singing them and sharing them was what prompted me to go further into this world of performing my songs. And it was not as though I had this dream of being a singer-songwriter. The first time I ever attended the Folk Alliance conference, I didn't know what it was. Somebody gave me a, a scholarship to go to it, and I had no clue what the Folk Alliance conference was. <laughs> so I sort of came into it from a different background. But this has been quite a few years you've been doing it. As I said, you've produced three CDs of music since I talked to you in 2008. There's also a songbook. I, I saw something about yes. songbooks. Just published this year by Dream Garden Press, which is a publishing company owned by a man named Ken Sanders, who's just, he's an icon here at West. He's a, an antiquarian book specialist, and he has a small publishing company through which he publishes regional people, such as the Utah Phillips songbook. That's the other songbook he carries. And this year we published a collection of at least 50 of my songs from my last two recordings, plus all the songs that other people have sung, and then a few of my faves. <laughs> 50 at least. Wow, that's a lot. I guess you've had enough decades into the work to be able to build up that kind of mass of best hits, if you will. I suppose. <laughs> And my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, she designed the book. The first song that we heard was My Teton Homes. And I don't know that I've actually ever seen the Tetons. I've never been to Utah. It's one of the few states that I haven't hit along the way for some strange reason. Do you think it's really important that I get there? I think so, Mark. Let me know when you're coming. I'll make sure I'll take you to my favorite places. <laughs> it does. Help to know an insider, because, you know, really my favorite national park here is Capitol Reef National Park, and it's one of the most difficult to get to. It's in the middle of the state. There aren't any interstates near it. There are the famous Zion National Park and the Arches National Park, and those are just so, you know, those are what we call the sexy ones because they get all the publicity. <laughs> but we have some other national parks here that are equally interesting and very sparsely populated areas. And so, yeah, let me know. I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> and, and, and would you recommend that I come during the snow season or maybe it's best to avoid that if I want to get around? Mm, the best time is right now fall. The fall is the the best weather, the less, well, some of the remote areas you have to worry about the springtime rains and the flash flooding and things. So for strangers, I recommend September, October. Okay. 
so my Teton home was the first thing. We got one aspect of landscape and of your life there. What's number two? Well, the second song I'd like to talk about is uh, one that's on the Ken Sanders Rare Book CD, which followed Blooming. And as I just mentioned, Ken Sanders, he's hosted this concert of mine where I recorded a collection of songs that were all inspired by books. And I had been, you know, compiling those for a few decades and finally realized I had enough for a whole CD. So we put on a concert and recorded it live and it went down like that and that's also available for sale it's called at ken sanders rare books and this song is called riding the white horse home which is based on a memoir by Teresa jordan from her childhood growing up on a ranch in wyoming and it very easily follows the book itself and this is riding the white horse home kate mcleod wind in my eye Was it the father's fighting sons The Iron Mountain mortgage Or the passing on that one Oh, the people buried there Their silver spurs were always passed down to someone They fixed the old corral They saved the orphan calf They built the hall where we had fun
my tongue How they kept first away when I was young And now I love the life I have And I have plenty of days to face But I sure miss the old home place Now, folks, you've got two things to do. You want to get Kate McLeod's recording at Ken Sanders Rare Books, but you also want to get the book by Teresa Jordan so that you can see the story there behind the song. Did you actually read the book along the way, or maybe it was a childhood? Is that what inspired you to move from Washington, D.C. out to... <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt I was uh, given that book to read. I was... I know Teresa and her husband, Hal. I've played music with Hal Cannon off and on out west here for different reasons. And I knew that she was an author and I wanted to read one of her books. And so I got a hold of that one first. I don't always plan to write songs about books, but sometimes when a book starts to grab me, I'll just start making notes on it about what really strikes me and what furthers my imagination about the subject matter. And I have been doing that off and on for a long time with different books. There's, it's just a different medium. Songs are a different medium. And so when I put together a song that relates to a book, I really try to get the essence of the book into the song. And so they sometimes do take on characters of the kind of book it is. For instance, Riding the White Horse Home is a simple sort of folky country feel to it. So do the lyrics. There are things that Teresa mentioned in the book that were very representative of the Western world, such as when I talk about silver spurs being passed down and things about the ranch life that were specific to Western ranch life. Having lived here for so long, actually being an outsider from here originally, I'm sure there are people who would never consider me a Utahan or a Westerner because I'm from the East Coast. But I do have a unique outlook on it from coming from somewhere. I just notice things. I like to notice things about it. Maybe some people who have been here forever take for granted and don't notice them as much because they don't have a different reference. So I've enjoyed coming here and witnessing what goes on here and being a part of it and learning about it. And through my learning about it, I've been writing about it. Well, you keep on writing so much wonderful stuff, folks. You really do want to go check out katemcleod.com. Again, the good Scottish spelling, uh, M-A-C-L-E-O-D is McLeod. And it's on NorthernSpiritRadio.org, which is the home for Northern Spirit Radio and for Song of the Soul, which you're listening to, where we have more than 11 years of our programs for free listening and download. We've got all kinds of connections to our guests, information, background. You can listen to both of my interviews now with Kate McLeod via that site. There's also a place to post comments, and we really do love two-way communication. So when you visit click on that, leave us a comment, give us your feedback. 
we love to hear from you. There's also a place to donate, and that's how this full-time work is supported. It's not by the corporations, and it's not by government. It's because you, the listener, believe in this program. Support us when you come. But even more importantly, and I'd say put this higher on the list for you, is to support your local community radio station. They give you music and news that you get nowhere else. And it's so important that it be local and not just be the pablum that comes from the national stage. So please, remember to support your local community radio station first. Kate McLeod here, or actually I should say she's in Utah and I'm in Wisconsin, and the twain shall meet occasionally when we travel east and west. And you travel quite a bit, Kate, actually. I mean, Europe, uh, when's the last time you were over there? Well, let's see, I do travel a lot. I've been all over the United States this year, and I was in Europe in October, last October. Do you go to particular places? Is it all Scotland because you've got the name? or No, <laughs> sometimes it is the British Isles, but last fall I went to the Belgium area, mainland, and I just have, my habits are that I will go and play anywhere where someone invites me. <laughs> I'll work that out. <laughs> Well, I want to invite you to play some more music for us right now. So next, for your second interview with Song of the Soul, what's next up? I'd like to talk about my song, Butch Cassidy Was Here. I'm very fond of this song because of how it it keeps making questions for me about people and events and history, our relation to that. I wrote this song during an artist-in-residence with the Entrada Institute, which is an environmental arts organization out west here. And they housed me down around Capitol Reef National Park to compose music about the Colorado Plateau. And so I have several pieces that I've written there, and this is one of them. And this I wrote after reading a biography about Butch Cassidy and then also studying other writings about him. And one of my favorite writings about him was an interview with one of his Wild Bunch where someone asked the man what he thought Butch Cassidy thought of himself, which was an interesting Mm. question. And the man said, I think Butch Cassidy was square with himself in his own estimation. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that because he was a complicated person living in a complicated place at a complicated time. And there were things going on out west that caused him to question what was right and what was wrong. And that goes on perpetually in our world. He became notorious for his outlaw ways, but, you know, he himself was complicated and people didn't know whether he was good or bad. You know, basically, he would pay off poor people's mortgages and do all kinds of things like that. Some people considered him the Robin Hood of the West. So he was complicated. And so this song brings up a lot of those issues. It starts out with describing him being born in Utah. He was the first of 13 children. And he saw the local farmers, small farmers going into business while people bought up large tracts of land. And at his time, he was against big business, even at that time in the 1800s. He had his own philosophy, and a lot of the outlaws, the people that were, quote, called outlaws or people who were holed up out west trying to stay away from civilization, a lot of them were philosophers and had their own way of thinking about the world. So I I brought this up in the song 
But I particularly like some of the wording, such as um, the discretion of the desert can breed the worst and the best. And the people who live in the desert understand what the discretion of the desert means, because the desert, you know, visually doesn't have a lot to offer. It has scarcity. It holds back. It holds back things that we need. You know, we need water and shade and food, and there's not a lot of it there. It's very discreet. And so amidst that discretion and scarcity, people grow a certain way, just like plants do. And so there's, in that same verse, there is the line where even the law is sometimes suspect by the needs of the rest. And so, you know, it's this philosophical song. And Butch Cassidy was a good jumping off point for the kind of questions that are brought up in his story. So I had a lot of fun writing that. Very rich subject matter. And since I'm discussing my Western music today, I thought I'd bring that up. That was on the Ken Sanders Rare Book CD. And it's going to be re-recorded for my Utah-inspired music. So here is another gem from Kate McLeod. Butch Cassidy was here. Before he was a wrestler, he was Robert Leroy Parker, born in Utah in 1866. He was the first of 13 children, once such a little babe, with no appetite for a simple life, and neither would he stay that way. The ground here is so dry here it can choke the means of living Nature's only kind itself when it's being warm and giving We've teamed it with provisions, with hats and farms and schemes Why should Bob's life be tamed like that for the sake of someone else's dream? Some say it's all in how you look at it, man They say it's all in how you look at it We are an animal of language And when all is said and done When he changed his name to Butch Cassidy He sealed his fate on the tongues Of the lawmen and the women And the cowboys and the young now still find wonder in his outlaw jail and the guns So he took to wrestling cattle from the long arms of the rich He fought against the onset of big business and then he took to stealing fortunes from the mining companies Gold, and he grew to love the chase of it Some say it's all in how you look at it, man They say it's all in how you look at it The stories of his robberies became renowned throughout the West He romanced the getaways, reputation Test that the discretion of the desert can be the worst and the best, where even the law is sometimes. 
with the poor Butch was square with himself in his own estimation I'm sure Some say it's all in how you look at it, man They say it's all in how you look at it And by the time the century ended And town lights began to glow The wild men were driven from the Colorado Plateau The banks increased in numbers But so did the posses grow So he left his canyon country And he headed south through Mexico And in defining acts of bravery And our relation to fear Who of us will spar with chance Well enough to be revered Or grapple with our enemies Until our bodies are cold We might live another year But we say Butch Cassidy was here Some say it's all in how you look at it, man They say it's all in how you look at it Say it's all in how you look at it, man. They say it's all in how you look at it. We're so fortunate to have Kate McLeod back again for Song of the Soul today. Butch Cassidy was here, and I suppose you could have said uh, Robert Leroy Parker was here. Yeah. (laughs) Why did he change his name? Was that just getting away from the law? I am not sure. I mean, if I could go back in my notes, I could remember that. I'm not quite sure why he changed his name. Did he, in fact, look a lot like Paul Newman? Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For those who haven't seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, I mean. <laughs> uh, I believe there are some similarities there. They're probably both good, both good looking, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, because you're a Quaker, I'm a Quaker, violence, you know, people running around shooting, killing, it, it, it's not one of the things that we generally look highly upon. On the other hand, the idea that someone's perhaps using their efforts to redress the rich and poor. I mean, not everyone can do it in the same way that Bernie Sanders is trying. It's really hard to have a blanket either condemnation or approbation of someone. And Butch Cassidy is, I think, an ideal case of that, maybe. Yeah, well, I know what you mean, because it's not like I write songs about gunfighters every day. (laughs) It's not part of my world (laughs) in any way. But I think as a Quaker, you try to understand where people are coming from. And that, I think, was why I delved so deeply into that story. Because my initial question, which led me to studying up about him, was... The way, you know, you drive around the area where he was in the Colorado Plateau. Of course, he was all over the Southwest, but he had his robber's roost area where he would hide out with Wild Bunch. And, you know, people were proud of the fact that he was there. 
And so I thought, why do we celebrate characters like this? What is this story about? And so I decided I needed to find out before I would condemn the entire thing. And that's part, I think, of being a Quaker. Sure. And maybe it's also part of being a Catholic, which you grew up, right? Right. (laughs) Right. Well, let's keep going with your music. You know, the clock's going to tick away far too, even though we try and remain timeless, of course, both you and I, Kate. The radio doesn't necessarily agree with us. What's up next? My song, Shadow Changes. Uh, This is one of the few songs that I've written about living out West that is truly based on my own feelings and experience and my personal standpoint. It's about living in one place for a long time. I think I wrote it in the early 90s, and it still speaks to me. I sang it Friday night. (laughs) It's going to be on my upcoming recording and there will be some lovely production on it. It's called Shadow Changes, Kate McLeod.
Kate McLeod. Go to her website, katemcleod.com. K-A-T-E. You can spell that part easily. McLeod, M-A-C-L-E-O-D.com. And you can come via nordenspiritradio.org as always. Shadow Changes is the song. The thing I noticed there, Kate, and I just wonder if it's you, because you're a musician. Musicians typically have their gigs at night. So watching the sunrise usually only happens if you stay up all the night long in that world. <laughs> but, of course, you're a parent, too. You've raised kids. That yep. usually means morning. So are you a person who actually likes to watch sunrise? Well, I do when I'm out in nature, especially. I just spent the weekend down in Escalante area, and the sun comes up, and, boy, you notice it. <laughs> There's nothing to hide it. And I really do like to watch the sunrise when I am in a particular mood for that. My wife, particularly during high school, she had this passion. She had to see the sunset every day, and so which was a big deal at their house because her good German parents were very precise. This is when we eat supper, and if supper is going to be at the time sunset, she would just bop out and have to watch the sunset. <laughs> I, I guess you're maybe not quite that obsessive about it as she was. No. <laughs> no, I catch it when I can because that's the only time I can catch it. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time out west. A thousand years ago, or more specifically almost 40 years ago, I did a hitchhiking trip that took me out to towards Los Angeles, up to Oregon, and back across the country there. And when I got into eastern side of Oregon, it was one in the morning. I was dropped off. I was hitchhiking. And I was afraid to lie down and put my sleeping bag down because I was afraid a snake would crawl in with me. <laughs> well, that's possible. <laughs> They're really possible. <laughs> this is not just the ridiculous imagination of no, a young man? No, it's not. I sleep in a tent. I have to say, very rarely am I comfortable sleeping with no tent because of scorpions and snakes and, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, in Wisconsin, we have very few poisonous animals here. So come visit sometime, okay? Okay. On the other hand, we do have the mosquito, which is the state bird. That can be a little bit daunting. <laughs> Well, our state bird, ironically, is the seagull. Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) There are seagulls here left over. Well, the the Great Salt Lake was at one point a sea. And so we have seagulls here. Really? Yes. When I wake up in the morning, my window's open, I can hear them. And when I wake up, I think I'm a child at the beach because that's my reference to them. Yeah, because you were kind of in the orbit of Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> One other thing I want to mention was that just recently I did an interview with Kat Eggleston, 
And I was so delighted to hear of her connection with you. I hadn't even known you'd done two recordings together and all of that kind of thing. How far back do you and Kat go? Oh, maybe close to 15 years. We were thrown together on a tour together in Europe. And by the end of the tour, we were performing the whole concert together. We were double billed, you know. And so then we just went ahead and continued performing. So, folks, you probably want to go and check out. I think you must have, uh, what, eight, 11 recordings? I don't know. How many recordings do you have, Kate? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. The last four recordings are the ones that I sell the most. I take to my concerts. So my early ones you can find on Waterbug Records site at waterbug.com. And I have a couple that I'm working on right now. I'm working on my recording that I mentioned about Western, my, my own music about the West. And then I'm working on a violin recording. It's my first full-length violin recording of my own original fiddle pieces. And when I perform, that's the biggest request I get is, do you have a violin recording? So I finally, <laughs> I'm finally compiling a violin recording. Is that the kind of music that you do with Shanahi? Well, this recording is its going to include original music of mine that I've written for the violin and, quote, fiddle, you know, violin slash fiddle. And I say that because I use a lot of techniques from both genres of violin playing. and But it is derivative of traditional music. You can tell I've studied Celtic music in some of the stylings and... You can also hear my classical background. And so all this will actually include music that I've written on the violin inspired by landscapes all over the country. They include pieces that I've written up in the Northwest, pieces that I've written in the Northeast, pieces that I've written you know, in Iowa, wherever I've been, I write fiddle music for the area. So that's what this is going to be for that. And you do have so many aspects to your performing persona. I mentioned, you know, of course you do stuff solo, but I mentioned that you perform with Kat Eggleston a number of times, also as Kate McLeod in The Pancakes, mm-hmm. and with Shanahi. Mm-hmm. And The Pancakes and Shanahi are groups that I perform with in my home area that I do not tour with. And in fact, the pancakes doesn't exist these days since the bassist and the percussionist moved. I never replaced them. They were just irreplaceable. So <laughs> Not enough to yes. fill up the griddle anymore. So I tour mostly solo, but I have a backup musician from Nashville that has joined me on my shows in the last year or so, James Scott, and he's just phenomenal. We do duets. And he's going to be on my upcoming recordings. So he's sort of, he and I have a touring act. And sometimes do perform with Kat Eggleston. And sometimes I'm solo. And right now we have time for one more song. So how can we finish off your song of the soul, Kate? Well, this one, as I mentioned, my violin recording, this last piece is one of my compositions that I wrote when I was an artist in residence down in central and southern Utah, composing music about the area. And this piece I call Apology to the Native Rock. And it's a piece that I wrote. It's an apology to the earth 
for our carelessness and how we take care of it. And so at this point in the recording that you'll hear, there are two instruments. One is my violin and one is an electric guitar. I don't know if I'll be adding any more to that or not. I kind of doubt it. I think the space in it is part of the landscape and the openness of the feel of the music. So this represents my apology This is Apology to the Native Rock. We're going to finish our visit with Kate McLeod with this song. Kate, it's so good to be back with you after these eight years. We really shouldn't let it be this long in between our meetings. That's true. Well, we won't then. You keep doing such wonderful music and creativity, and I love the way that you convey the beauty of the people and the places you meet through your music. Not everyone can do that. You've certainly got a gift for that. I'm thankful for your violin, I'm thankful for your voice, and I'm thankful for you joining us here today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you. I'm so thankful all of a sudden (laughs) for everything. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for uh, hosting such a wonderful show. I want to thank Andrew Jansen for our production assistance today. We're going to end with Kate McLeod's instrumental, Apology to the Native Rock. You'll find it on an upcoming recording from her. Thank you so much again, Kate, for joining us. Thank you. Apology to the Native Rock, Kate McLeod. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.